grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Saint. Who's a saint? Are they men and women long dead whose relics are enshrined in ancient cathedrals? Are saints people who are so super spiritual that they're exempt from sin, or at the very least, a little above you on Jacob's ladder? Are saints those whom you pray to and ask for help? Nah, none of the above. Scripture gives a different answer to this question. Saints are simply believers, those who have faith. Believers in Jesus Christ. Saints are sinners who are forgiven by the shed blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God. And forgiven by Jesus, sinners now are holy ones, are saints. That's why the blessed Apostle Paul writes, quote, to the saints at Corinth, or, quote, to all God's beloved in Rome, called to be saints. In other words, it's a pretty simple message today. Saints are Christians. Those forgiven by Jesus, sinners who have faith in Jesus. But what about those who have died in the faith? Our loved ones that we remember here today, they too are saints. And they are in heaven before the throne of this Lamb, Jesus. And their total attention is on Jesus, the Lamb. Now, we might not always hear that part of Scripture. I know as a young man, when my grandfather died, my mom's dad, he was one of my favorites. Don't tell anybody else, although most of them are dead. He was a man's man. He taught me how to fish. Taught me how to drive a pickup truck. Taught me how to drive a tractor and a combine. He loved working on his international tractors and his trucks. He loved going fishing for walleye and, and northern. He loved bowling. He loved softball. Now that I think about it, he loved a lot of things. And as a young boy after he died, or as a young man, I often thought, Oh, Grandpa's up in heaven riding his tractor. Cruising the gravel roads in his favorite pickup truck. Shooting pheasants in the golden fields of heaven. Trolling the nice blue waters of heavenly yonder with his fishing pole. Grandpa's not doing any of that in heaven. Scripture tells us the saints who have died, our loved ones, are doing this. They're gathered around the throne of the Lamb, and they are singing hymns of high praise to Jesus. Some of you with some of our longer hymns last Sunday and this Sunday, you might have become just a little fidgety. You won't admit it to anybody else. But pastor, maybe we should have just sung one or two stanzas instead of all of them. And you might say, oh my, the saints in heaven, they must be so bored because all they're doing is singing praises to the Lamb. But guess what? They're not. And that's what they are doing. And they love it. 
And time does not pass before God or for them as it does for us. Our Western minds can't comprehend all of this. And not only are they there before the throne of God in heaven, singing praises to the Lamb, the angels are also there, the archangels, the apostles, the whole company of heaven. And they also join us. We join them. As we sing and gather for worship. So whether you're in heaven or whether you're here on earth, saints are not self-made. In other words, you don't make yourself a saint. It's not something, something you save up your money for and buy or take out a loan. <laughs> Sainthood is also not an achievement. It's pure gift. Saints are sinners who are whitewashed in the blood of the Lamb. And you just saw that happen today. Thanks for having your daughter baptized on All Saints Day because it kind of makes the lesson that much more simpler. Whitewashed, robed in in the righteousness of Christ, even marked upon the forehead. Wow! A saint was made today. Did you see that? It's so beautiful and so simple. And so Jesus preaches about this on the mountain, which is why we have this gospel text for today. Some people might say, oh, these beatitudes, which means blessings, are really all about us and what we will do or what we've been given, but uh, it's all about Jesus. His words declare what he is and what he gives. The beatitudes are about Jesus speaking of himself first and foremost. Pay attention, I'll run through them. Number one. Jesus is the one who is poor in spirit. He is alone. He is totally dependent on his Father. And he totally receives whatever the Father gives him. And so the kingdom of heaven is his. Two, Jesus is the one who mourns. Think no one can relate to the grief you feel about a loved one, a dear friend, a parent, a child who has died? or other grief and difficulty in your life. Jesus is the one who has come down from heaven and weeps at Lazarus's grave. Weeps probably because death was not part of God's original plan. But Jesus also weeps because all the other people in the families are doubting, are worried, are fearful. Jesus knows there's a resurrection yet to come. Why are you so afraid, he asked. Why are you so down in the dumps? You have a glorious future yet to come. Jesus also weeps over Jerusalem because Jerusalem doesn't realize who he is, what he has come to do. Jesus weeps over those who who reject him, who want nothing to do with him and and think that they can justify themselves and, and find their own path to heaven or to peace. Jesus is also the one who is comforted by the Father, who turns even his grief into the eternal joy of the resurrection from the dead. Jesus, who is not buried somewhere in the ground, whose gravesite we do not go and, and, and plop flowers down or stand there and reminisce and tell stories about, oh, remember when Grandpa taught Jesus how to drive the pickup truck? Ha, 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 ha. Poor Jesus, he's dead and buried. He's alive! risen from the dead. 
and our loved ones who have died are with him. Does it get any cooler than that? I mean, seriously? And the promise for you? Jesus, we continue with the Beatitudes, is gentle and meek. He's not ashamed, though, because he is the Most High God and Prince of Heaven. Gentle and meek doesn't mean to be ashamed. Gentle and meek is Jesus who humbles himself to be conceived by the Holy Spirit in the the womb of a virgin. Jesus who is born of a virgin in, in backwater Bethlehem. And so he's gentle and lowly of heart. It's while he rolls into Jerusalem, not in a Galanda wagon, not on chariots and horses, not in a big stretch limo. He comes in on a lowly donkey. Why? Because he knows where he's going. He's going to Calvary. He's going to die. Now Peter and even the other apostles, (laughs) they draw swords. No, Jesus, we'll never let you be turned over to other sinful men. We'll never let you be crucified. And you, how about you? You probably told God a few times how things should go in your life and had issues with him when they didn't go the way you wanted or you were surprised. Boy, we're no different. And we deserve death and hell and punishment for doubting him, for thinking that we know what's going on and what should happen. But, but here comes Jesus. Jesus from John 4.34 says, My food is to do the work of him who sent me and to accomplish this work. You see, Jesus never deviates from what he's given to do. You and I are the opposite. We vacillate. Oh, sometimes, yeah, we get pretty fired up for work or vocation, but let's be honest, we're not 110% all the time. But Jesus is. He's thirsty to do the Good Friday job for you. He hungers to win your salvation, and not just yours, but the whole world. And so Jesus is ultimately the merciful one. And who's he merciful to? Poke yourself in the chest. He's merciful to you. He could care less about himself because everything that Jesus does is for you and for your good. Thus, Jesus is the one who is pure of heart. With single-minded obedience, he held fast to his Father's word and will. And even in the desert, when you remember Jesus being tempted, assaulted for 40 days, when, when Satan goes after him, Jesus remains steadfast. He doesn't give in like you and I often do to temptation. Because his heart, his whole being is set on dying for you. So he suffered. He died under the death sentence that belongs to us. And God the Father accepted this sacrifice. For you. Raised him from the dead. And that's what peace really means. Jesus is now the Prince of Peace. He makes peace for you with the Father by his bloody sacrificial death. And now you are reconciled to the Father. Now you are sons of God. And Jesus, of course, and he warns us, is persecuted for his righteousness. For righteousness sake. And the shame of that suffering, he brings you to his kingdom just as you parents brought little Olivia today. Because you recognize first and foremost, and if you forget it, we'll remind you gently, I promise, that she's not yours. She's God's child. And so good stewards of children now recognize that and bring them so God can claim them as his own. 
In the Old Testament, the prophets were reviled and falsely accused. So will be. So will we be. So was Jesus. But his righteousness comes now as a reward. So in the waters of holy baptism, like with Olivia, when she was marked upon the forehead and upon the heart, in baptism she was also given a white robe of salvation that covers over all of her sin. All who believed and are baptized shall be fed at Chick-fil-A, given a happy meal. All who believe and are baptized shall be saved, clothed with the righteousness of Christ. It's so simple and so beautiful. Now, the devil, the world, and your sinful nature want nothing to do with the righteousness of Christ. And they're going to tell you to take off these robes and, and walk away from all that. They're going to tell you to put your faith and trust not in the means of grace that Jesus provides or in Jesus himself, but put them elsewhere. Better yet, the devil, the world, and your sinful nature will tell you, just believe in yourself. Be who you want to be. Be careful, little flock. Because the Father's given you the kingdom. Are you sure you want to throw all that away? And so he comes, time and time again, to bring you and me to repentance. Have no fear, little flock. Election on Tuesday. Some of you are probably really bent out of shape about all this. Or maybe you're like me. You're just tired of the constant ads and spam calls and yada, yada, yada. But guess what? Guess who's yet in charge of everything? Any idea? Your Father in heaven who has given all power and authority on earth to his Son. And so Jesus' blessedness is your blessedness. Jesus comes in the name of the Lord, and from John 14, he also says this, which is something you need to look for and pray for each day. He says, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. You see, you have a future, you have a hope. Thus, in the book of Revelation, chapter 14, we also hear this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. What? You're blessed when you die? I mean, the culture of death that we have is, oh, woe is me. What does the Bible say? You're blessed, even in death. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. And so today, let's wrap it up. All Saints Sunday, we are reminded that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We don't walk alone on the road to heaven. You are never alone. You are saints here on earth, and you share in a blessed, sweet communion with those whose rest is one. Some of you might come to church today with the memory of a parent grandparent, a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a friend who died in, this, in the faith. And, and in just a few moments, the bells are going to toll, and we're going to invite you to remember them and give thanks for them, to speak their name out loud. We're not praying to them. We're simply acknowledging that they too are saints, and that as God has rescued them, so he has rescued us. And guess what? There's a resurrection and a reunion that awaits. And that could come at any time. Are you ready? Because of Jesus, you are. So here today, the other side of this rail, the saints are gathered in heaven above. They eat and drink at this marriage feast while we eat and drink of simple bread and wine that is his body and blood. They cry no more. They thirst no more. 
They're not worried about you. So why are you so worried and scared? And so the words of the hymn we sang today are so true. We feebly struggle, they in glory shine. And so have no fear, little flock. Be of good cheer, little flock. For you are one with them in the Lord Jesus Christ. They were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and so are you. And so today we are given a glimpse of the future that awaits us. And with that sneak preview comes the encouragement to press on, to run the race set before us with the endurance of the forgiveness of sins, the righteousness of Jesus that is given to us, because the Lord is faithful. And he will bring you, for Christ's sake, into his eternal heavenly kingdom. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, and it's been given to you. In the name of Jesus.